Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the Happy Mama Movement with me, Amy Taylor Cabaz. Mama to three, author and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. Over my nine years of mamahood, I have come to realise that the single biggest lesson in all of this is our relationship with ourself. Not our kids, our partners or our besties, but ourself. So how do we do that while raising our families in this crazy modern world? Here, I share some of my thoughts and insights. Welcome back. Over the last few years, my biggest daily struggle in trying to find a happy balance between being the mama I want to be and being the woman I want to be, having enough energy, clarity and mindfulness to be able to fulfill all the different roles that I feel called to fill at the moment. The biggest challenge has been rest. Listening to my body, realizing when I'm pushing too hard and learning to slow down. I know that my thyroid disease, Hashimoto's, is a direct result from my many, many years of pushing my body far too far. Years and years of shift work, of waking up in the middle of the night to go to a highly stressful job and the pressure I put on myself to do more all of the time. Looking back, that job that I had in the media was enough for any human being, but not for me. No, I also had to be doing a blog on the side and building a business and freelance writing for magazines and having the perfect house and doing all of these crazy levels of things that I thought I needed to do to be happy. And the consequence of that, and the consequence of that was my thyroid disease, a disconnection from my family and what was important to me. And so rest, so I have had to make rest a top priority for me now but I know this is so hard for our generation of women that's why this interview with Karen Brody one of the most insightful women I have ever spoken to on the importance of honoring our body and the need for rest is so empowering today Karen talks in this interview about the power of yoga nidra This is the sleep of the yogi, and perhaps you've heard of it or tried it at the end of a yoga class, but what we're going to be talking about over the next half an hour is so much more than that little nap that you get at the end of yoga. This is something that you can do daily in your life right now 
to allow your nervous system, those adrenal glands, the deep, deep exhaustion we feel, to start to be healed. I love the way Karen talks about how years of fighting against inequality for women has almost backlashed against us and our health. We were brought up to fight for more and to demand equality and to be equals in the workplace and in the world. And what this has seen is a generation of women who are so tired. It's just the most important conversation. And I know for sure that to be happy mamas and happy balanced women, we must rethink how we think of rest. So beautiful mamas, I bring you Karen Brody, the author of Daring to Rest and an amazing mama and woman on Yoga Nidra. Enjoy. Karen, thank you for joining me. I have been so looking forward to speaking with you for quite a few months now. It's been a little while for us to get this organized, but I so appreciate you making time for us. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So, Karen, your work is so inspiring and so needed. The importance of rest in my own life has been, oh, I think it's probably been the biggest thing I've had to learn and still have to learn. I'm still trying to heal my body after so many years of neglecting it, of rest. But going back to how you became aware of the healing power of yoga nidra and the importance of rest and daring to rest take us right back to the beginning of your experience and then that moment when you realized you needed to share it with the world well i had personally had panic attack issues um i had been having panic attacks for years especially when my kids were young and then i found yoga nidra really changed all of that and i became much more relaxed and stopped having the panic attacks. And then my husband got sick and he's not really a yoga person or a meditation person, although he did use yoga nidra meditation occasionally with his, um, when he would go to work because he said it helped him have a lot more energy in the afternoon, but it really wasn't necessarily his thing. It was my thing. But then he came back from a trip to Africa and he seemed to have something mysterious that he picked up. They had checked him for every tropical disease and everything was negative. He was losing weight. He was about 20 pounds less weight than his normal weight. He was having high fevers, shaking when he'd had the fevers, almost like he was having going to have a seizure. And I was in the corner. My mother was watching the children. I was in the corner of his hospital room at night, whenever he would sleep, I would be practicing my yoga nidra meditation. And then I realized one day, wow, I think he must be exhausted too. And he needs this. So I just very casually suggested to him, hey, do you want to use my earbuds, put in, you know, some yoga nidra, practice it, relax. And he just looked at me like, no, I'm just he was just really worn out and he just didn't even want to practice yoga nidra. And then I thought to myself, I'm not usually really insistent, 
with practicing yoga nidra, you know, I don't tell people you have to do this because I think when they're ready, they do it. But I realized my husband actually was quite sick. And sometimes when you are sick, you need direction. You need someone to really spoon feed you something that is medicine and rest is medicine. So I got a little more insistent and I said, no, really, I, I want you to, to listen and practice this, just take this yoga nidra, what I call nap. So he did. And all of a sudden he seemed so much more calmer. My room, his roommate in the, in the hospital room, um, the wife of his roommate, both of us were there because his roommate had a very uh, challenging respiratory issues, like bronchitis, but really bad. Like he could barely get a breath. And he had been in the hospital several days and still wasn't getting much relief, even from the medications and the help he was getting. And his wife said to me, I don't know what you've just given your husband, but I haven't, in the whole time we've been here, I haven't seen him look so calm and he looks so peaceful. What is he doing? What is that that he's listening to? And I said that it's like a nap. You just listen to it. And it was yoga nidra meditation, but I don't usually say yoga nidra because people think the bendy stretchy and it's not that kind of asana yoga. It's actually yogic sleep, the sleep of the yogi. So we actually really wanted to listen to it herself, but also have her husband listen to some yoga nidra. So we put it on her phone. Her husband started listening regularly the rest of that day. And all of a sudden his breathing gets so much better. In fact, by the next morning, he could check out. Wow. The hospital. Yeah. And, and the nurses then started asking me, what is that? What did you give him? And they also, they saw my husband looking so relaxed and they thought, you know, what is this? And I mentioned to, to them, this is a sleep-based meditation technique. It's the sleep of the yogi, the whole thing. And then they wanted some too. And I thought, okay, this is medicine, rest is medicine. Yoga Nidra meditation is the deepest, most unimaginable relaxation tool that I had ever come across. And we need rest, our culture, we need rest. And I thought to myself, I'm going to share this with mm. everyone I know because we need it. People need it. Rest is the foundation. It absolutely is. And what I love about when I read that story of yours is because of that rest that you'd been able to have, you could think so much more clearly, realise that you needed to ring someone in Africa and check about the disease that your husband might have and found the answer. And I think, you know, for the mummers that are listening and for all of us that are at this stage of life where there is just so much going on, we're caring for so many people and there's so much in our mind all of the time. And we do have things like big decisions about our children and our work and just daily responsibilities. We're making it from this clouded, unrested mind. And when I heard you share that story, I thought that's also such an important element of this is not only do we get the rest we need, but we can then have clarity and listen to our intuition so much better because we have that little bit of rest. Absolutely. It's in the pause that we hear the instructions. Oh, I love that. When you pause, it's, it's deeply profound. And my husband had been in the hospital for 10, maybe days to two weeks. I, I really don't even remember at this point, but it was 
verging on two weeks, if not two weeks. And they had tested him for everything. And what, honestly, we didn't know why was he not getting better? Why was he having 104 fever shaking? And with exhaustion, you just, you don't know what to do. Well, one, we always think the doctor should be in the driver's seat, but really we need to be in the driver's seat of our own health. And so yoga nidra meditation reminded me to get in the driver's seat (laughs) that actually I can participate and help to also heal my husband and my husband can be healing himself doing that work with the yoga nidra and by me practicing yoga nidra I had this clarity that why am I waiting for them to do another test when none of these tests are showing anything I'm going to go back to the source he clearly got something in Africa We don't know uh, where exactly, but probably it was either in Ethiopia or Cameroon. And so um, I called a doctor. uh, Well, I called the office where my husband, he does international development work. I said, I want to speak to a local doctor and explain these symptoms. And that came from Yoga Nidra, these instructions to go and go contact someone in Africa because he clearly had something tropical. So those are the doctors. If you have malaria, you want to be in Africa because they know malaria. The hospital in the United States, they don't know malaria. Even though he tested negative for malaria, the doctor in Ethiopia said, this is malaria. And I said, well, he's tested negative two or three times. And the doctor said, no, no, no. When the, he gets the fever and he's shaking, that's when they need to take his blood. And nobody would have come up with that. I wouldn't have known that. The doctors in the States didn't know that. And we found that out from the doctor in Ethiopia. And that's what, then we tested my husband and he very truly did have malaria. And uh, that was, came from getting the rest that I needed so that I could think clearly to contact that doctor. And that made all the difference. I just think that's such a beautiful example of what rest can do for us, that when we're in the thick of it and running on empty we don't have that clarity and we don't hear the answers we want to hear so let's dive into what exactly is yoga nidra the way that you share it with women and men around the world Um, because many of the listeners may have done it at the end of a, a yoga class I know many of the listeners would think it's the part of the yoga class they always fall asleep in. <laughs> and so the idea that you would do this as part of your practice in a normal day, is like, yeah, how am I going to do that? So let's get really specific. What do you teach? Yes, so yoga nidra is a sleep-based meditation technique. If you've practiced yoga before, then you have probably either followed a mantra or followed your breath and you stay in the waking state consciousness so you stay in your beta brain you follow the mantra you follow your breath and this can be deeply relaxing but in yoga nidra meditation you're taken from the waking state to the dreaming state then into deep sleep and even to a fourth state of consciousness which is known as turiya and this is also this is a place of zero stress this is when your thoughts literally go down to zero so that your whole system can reboot Because when our thoughts are there, that's when the stress is there. (laughs) And so by removing the thoughts, you're able to actually reboot your whole system in every way. And it's deeply relaxing, deeply rejuvenating. And it's known as the sleep of the yogi because it it is an ancient yogic sleep practice. And so the 
practice that we, we, you would recommend, how long does that take? What is the process? It takes at least 15 minutes to go into yoga nidra meditation to have the full experience um, at the minimum. And then the most you would lie down is about 45 minutes. 45 minutes of yoga nidra feels like studies have shown, feels like about three hours of sleep in your body. And as a mom with young kids, that was what sold me on yoga nidra (laughs) was just getting you know, more bang for your buck, so to speak. <laughs> and it was very, very attractive to me. But of course, I found out yoga nidra is much more than just the beautiful deep sleep. But it, uh, it, it, it it's, um, it's revolutionary. 15 minutes really will do wonders. And so what else does it do to us other than feel like we've had a great sleep? <laughs> yes, well, you know, it just it balances the nervous system. So when we are so stressed, we're constantly going into a place of fight or flight. So it actually gives us this relaxation response where we can begin to rest and digest, which balances our whole nervous system and helps us with anxiety, depression, so many things, clarity of mind, focus. Uh, you know, there's so many things. And even for our children, I have a lot of mothers who usually with their kid is five years old or older, they're lying down and the children are practicing as well. And it's really, really a great sleep practice for the whole family, actually. Oh, to teach children at that age the power of rest and how to really switch off and let their bodies heal. I mean, uh, mamas will know I say this all the time. I think that's what our biggest role is as, as mothers is to gather these tools to teach to our children because the world that they're going to be entering in is a pretty stressful place. And if we don't show them that they must prioritize their well-being and their rest and their mindfulness, then oh, it just overwhelms me the world that they're going to be entering into. Yeah, I always say to moms, model rest for your children. If you expect your children to sleep but you're not sleeping, well, not you don't have to sleep with them. That's a choice. That's a personal choice. But you do model rest. I mean, my children, and I thought it would be impossible to train them that mommy's taking a nap (laughs) because my boys were very active. Let's just say (laughs) very active. But they were trained that mommy takes her nap. And guess what? Then they wanted to start modeling that as well. Like they realize rest is a priority in our family. So let's talk about that for a moment because this is what I think is really exciting about your work. Your your book is called Daring to Rest because I do think it is something that it, we have such a, a block around maybe is the right word. I'll just talk about me personally. It, it has been years of trying to undo this belief that if I take time out to rest, if I take time out to listen to my body, if I do those things that nourish me, I'm wasting time, being lazy, who has a 45-minute nap in the middle of the day. And for decades, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning to go to work, worked all morning in an extremely stressful environment, then came home and rushed around and did a million things. I squeezed the yoga class in because I was a good girl and that's what I needed to do, but there was no level of rest in that class. 
Um, and then I ended up getting very unwell and um, have an ongoing thyroid disease and a whole bunch of things because of it. And yet, Karen, there are still days when my body is screaming at me, it's time to rest, Amy, and I still resist it. I don't for very long anymore because I do know what that means if I don't listen. But even now, there's a part of me that thinks, I can't, I can't. There's too much I need to do. Too many things rely on me. And I just know that that is the catch cry of this generation of mothers who are trying to do it all. That rest, sure, sounds good. Would love to make it a priority, but there's just too much to do. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, my hand is raised here too, that that was an issue for me for a very long time. And although, you know, there's no perfect time to rest for anyone and especially for mothers, but there, there are ways of fitting in rest to our lives, especially if we bookend our day with rest, just like you brush your teeth. You brush your teeth every morning, so or in the in the and in the evening. So put in rest there. I used to put in a. a, a I remember when I started giving myself a little more self care, I would put in a bath with a little lavender oil before I went to bed, and then I added three minutes of meditation as well. Now it's yoga nidra meditation. You know, just like I'm brushing my teeth, it's part of the routine. If you make it part of your routine, you'll stick with it. Mm. And where does this belief system come from that rest is, is not a priority? I mean, I personally know in my own life where that came from, but I'd like, this is what you do, this is what you teach. So you've shared this with so many people now. What, what story do we bring to this idea that we can't stop and look after ourselves? Well, I think there's a lot of things at play. Everyone has a, a bit of a different story in terms of what was modeled to them growing up. I hear a lot of women talk to me about they felt guilty if they rested. They were told, you know, they, they had parents who worked very hard, overworked, and that was the model of, you know, that was strength. Weakness was if you went to lay down. Yes. So that alone is something that is a huge hurdle for people because they feel like a bad girl. And the women in general, we have a, a deep history with rest because, you know, in order to get ahead, in order for equality to happen, we felt we had to go, 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 do, do, do. And we've sort of overshot the mark, so to speak, and, you know, saw rest as this weakness and, you know, going and doing as strength. And, you know, in order to, in order to really, you know, swing it back to normal, which I would say is right in the middle, because we need both, we need rest, and we need to rise up, we, we, we need to start appreciating the art of rest in our lives. But we have, you know, we've, we've tried to make up for a lot of inequality in the world. And I think as a result, for women, we feel we have to work so hard all the time in order to be equal. And that is running us ragged because we have, especially as moms, we have a lot of jobs, not just our professional jobs. We then come home and start the next shift mm. with the kids. And, you know, rest is very complicated. I think at its core, rest is a measure of how worthy we feel. Oh, yes. 
Yes. There's a deep correlation between rest and worthiness. Am I worth feeling well-rested? You know, is there, you know, these, these pieces of not feeling worthy, when you don't feel worthy, you don't give yourself permission for things like rest. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. And I've never correlated that image of a woman having to take a lie down with how we feel about rest but it's so true because growing up I remember if if, you know mum had to go and have a lie down or even in the movies if a woman had to go and have a lie down it meant that she wasn't coping with things maybe she was um, sensitive or weak or ill or anything and so I'd never put that together with our um, our feelings of rest and I agree with you wholeheartedly that I think we've over missed the mark with trying to find that equality we've stepped into such a masculine way of doing it and we have to have balance that and one of my mantras that I try and use for myself when I do feel myself tipping back into that overdrive is when I rest I rise and that's been a really powerful thing for me to try and remember in my life yeah it's 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 really, uh, it's interesting because my book is written as a journey, a 40-day program, the Daring to Rest book. And I love to take women through these three phases. And one is rest, one is release, which is really about finding your voice. It's about releasing what you don't need so you can be your authentic self. And then the the third is rise. Mm-hmm. and and I will say that I, I think we've been, I think we've been lied to that it's rest or rise when it's really rest and rise, and it's important difference because when it's the either or, you're caught in this, you know, having to make a choice. And of course, what what wins? Rise, <laughs> the striving, the going, 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 and but the the rest piece falls, you know, off the off the ledge but when we remember that it can be both it can be rest and rise that actually our soul wants both the soul wants being and the soul wants becoming it wants both and so when we just become 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 strive 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 we actually aren't our whole selves our full selves our best selves so we need both. And if we can keep remembering that it's both, it can't just be one. In fact, those are very, you find people who are just rising and you, often those conversations with those people are fairly limited because, yeah, they might be exciting for a moment, but if you're not getting any sleep, if you're not getting the rest you need, you don't hear the instructions. I truly believe there are instructions when we rest. There's in the pause. In my book, I talk about soul whispers. These are the instructions and we listen for them when we dare to rest. I agree completely. All of the clarity I have had that has come easily and has manifested easily has come from those moments of pause and soul whispers. And I think just listening to you, I think the way to make this clear to mamas how important this is, is to realise that the rising will occur more 
easily and more beautifully when you have that rest. It's, the, it's changing the way we look at rest, isn't it? It's realizing that actually it is an amazing strength. Yes, and we don't rest to rise. We rest, and as a result of rest, we often do rise. But, but rest is no agenda. There's no agenda to rest. That's important to point out. Rest isn't about fueling productivity. And this is what I think our culture gets it wrong. I think it really gets it wrong that actually, even with meditation now, you'll see meditation being sold as a, as a tool to, to, to fuel more productivity. And I just don't believe that that's why we're using meditation or why we're using. Great point, Karen. Yes, you're right. We don't come to these so we can be more productive. We come to these because this is what our soul needs. And also, I have to say, there is nothing better than that feeling of getting quiet and hearing the truth. It is just the most phenomenal connection when you can find it and and connect with that. That's better than anything in my mind. So I think for myself, it's been years of me resisting getting quiet and, and honouring myself in this way. But once I got over that and started to really honour it and practice it and prioritise it, now it's I enjoy it so much it's a non-negotiable. So it's like a tipping point, isn't it? Once <laughs> It's like anything new that we know is good for us and we have to try and become part of our ha- daily habits. Once you see how good it feels, you'll never go back. Yeah, that's why I say to women, do something like a 40-day program, 40 days consecutively, and then see how it can fit into your life. But to break the cycle of fatigue, to begin to get silent and appreciate the power of of the pause, it usually takes some kind of uh, consecutive practice of 21 days, 40 days, something where you begin to break that cycle of fatigue and then you start to go, oh, right, yeah, I need this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you, you, you decide you use rest, for example, some people, it just won't be a daily practice. That's fine. I don't practice yoga nidra every day. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But what is important is that you don't let rest fall off the radar. And so even if you're not putting it into your life every day, you're saying, okay, I'm going to do a 40-day rest cleanse every season. Or I'm going to, you know, I, I'm, if you've gone through a tough time, grief, divorce, um, some, something that is a transition time, even during menopause or in your monthly cycle. But I would say, you know, particularly a situation where, You need to rest. Even after having a baby, my gosh, 40 days. This is what inspired me with the 40-day program, to make it 40 days. That in other cultures, this is what they do. The mom rests for 40 days. Yes. She's got a baby. She has to get used to her her body, the baby, the new family makeup. Yeah, you need to rest. You do. Ah, thank you so much. I have loved speaking to you and your work is amazing and I will share all of your resources in the show notes for the episode. Karen, thank you so much. It's just amazing to hear you speak about this and prioritize it for us all. Thank you, Amy. It's been great to talk about this. Thanks so much. Okay, wasn't that amazing? 
If you have never tried yoga nidra before, or perhaps you've just tried it at the end of yoga class and fell asleep and not really knew what it was all about, I highly recommend going to Karen's website right now, daringtorest.com. I cannot emphasize how important this is that we start to change the conversation for women and for all of us around rest. The way that we push ourselves to the nth degree and stay up all night and ignore what our body is telling us is going to cause so much pain. And our children are watching. They are inheriting a world that runs 24-7. And if we don't start showing them the importance of switching off the devices, having downtime, really having soulful rest, then we're in big trouble. So mamas, I hope that you feel inspired to look at how you feel about rest. And please check out Karen's work. It is so powerful. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could go on to your podcast player and leave a review. The more reviews and the more five-star ratings that we get, the more women and mamas find this podcast and start making these changes in their own lives. This is how we heal the world. As mamas, we change ourselves so we can change our children's future. So please share with everyone. Until next week, Satnam. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.